In this episode, I have Tim Burnett of Soul Hunter on the podcast. You are listening to the Archery Maniacs Podcast. This is Remy Warren. I am Rihanna Carey. My name is Adam Foss. This is Paul Tedford, professional archer. Hey everyone, I'm Christy Titus and you are listening to Archery Maniacs. We cover everything archery, from the hunting side to the tournament side, with stories, tips and tactics, gear reviews, and more. That helped my tuning game so much when I made sure that all my arrows were square. I'm just staring into his eyes. Blood's dripping off of its tines. Mud is everywhere. The clarity these mavens offer is amazing. I'm just like Spider-Man, you know, on this rock. You know, just laying there. <laughs> Belly crawling in there, and I can barely fit in there, and I can hear the cat growling at me. So I put my hand on his shoulder and pushed him, and we just ran at this elephant. So how long how long have you guys been doing the podcast? A few years now, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I've had the podcast for, it'll be three years in August. <clears throat> and uh, I started the podcast, and I had, I don't know, 280-some-odd episodes. And I was, was not overly wow. impressed. <clears throat> I wasn't impressed with uh, the audio quality. Uh, not of all the yeah. episodes, some of them were excellent, but I had a few that, you know, people would comment, Hey, you know, I can't really hear you or I can't hear your guests or whatever else. And some of yeah. them I didn't, you know, I, I don't know whether it's my headphones are good enough or what's going on, but I, I couldn't tell until other people listened to them, you know, with say like Apple earphones or whatever. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. even tell. <clears throat> and so, yeah, I was. I was worried, you know, having a podcast, if I go listen to a podcast and I listen to one that has shitty audio, then uh-huh. I might give that podcast another chance. And other than that, if it has, yeah. if they happen to find bad audio again, I wouldn't go back yeah. to that podcast unless, unless it's a topic I really, really need to listen to, you know? Yeah, it makes it hard. It's, it's quality has never been anything that I've really paid a whole lot of attention to. Um, but like on the videos, on the episode side of things, I, I'll get comments all the time. And people are like, oh, your music's so loud and we can't hear this or this. And I'm thinking, man, I edit this stuff and I sit here in my, my office. I can hear everything perfectly fine. What's the deal? You know, and right. then I realize, well, I'm, I'm editing with headphones on and, you know, I don't. And so it took me a couple of years to figure out that I had to set it up to an actual television and listen to it through a, just a TV mono track, you know, and then I had to listen to it on a stereo setup and, and through my headphones before I could finally get it figured out. And I still don't think I've got it figured out. Oh no, but, that that's 100% right. I, I deleted all my episodes and started over. <laughs> did you really? I was wondering about that. Cause I thought I looked on your deal and I thought you had had like three or 400 episodes logged or something. I did. I did. And I was just like, I don't know. I, you know, I was, I was just, I don't know. I mean, I deleted them all off of, you know, the, the media outlets for people, but I kept them all. Um, yeah. I, I just, sure. man, I just, you know, you have, you, like you say, you go and you have one, one or two episodes that the unlucky person gets the two of them that have terrible audio. I don't feel that yeah. they're really likely, <laughs> likely to come back. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's what I that's what I liked about TV. You know, if I had an episode that I really wasn't that proud of, or a little bit maybe even embarrassed by, I think ah, it's only going to air for a week, and then it'll go bye bye. Nobody will ever say anything or see it ever again, and and then you start throwing it up on YouTube, and 
websites and everywhere else. And it's like, yep, nope, I'm an idiot forever. It's ingrained in, <laughs> it's ingrained in the histories, the hunting history forever. Tim is an idiot. So. Oh, that's, man. That's the beautiful thing about digital, right? There you go. I have several hunts on my YouTube channel where I missed, I mean, phenomenal misses. Not just you missed by an inch or two. I mean, <laughs> phenomenal misses. And they'll be there forever. So I get it. <laughs> Yeah, and darn it, people figured out how to take screenshots and download video too. So I mean, you can. If I ever run for office, there's there's plenty of, of bloopers out there for people to find. <laughs> well, I don't I don't have that issue. I know I definitely wouldn't run for office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's there's greater things in life to aspire to. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, I, at least at least as far as my interests are concerned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, what do you guys do? Do you do you have a day job besides the podcast, or do you do some other things? Um, um, tell, me, so, tell me what you guys do. So, I recently have. Uh, we just had a little boy, um, December twenty eighth, and. Uh, mm. Yeah, he's quite a little guy, and I already have a, a six-year-old, but with with a, a previous relationship, we never got married or anything. But so I just have a visitation mm -hmm. with him, mm -hmm. and I no longer have an actual day job. I've been filming. I this last hunting season, I filmed quite a few hunts for uh, some other shows like Willie Schmidt of Pure Hunting and things like that. And cool, it was it was yeah. a blast. It really was, and so I'm. I'm I'm really intrigued on the, the editing side of all of that as well. So I'm going to go to uh, oh. a school to get better about that and hopefully start doing some editing for some people. You know, I obviously edit my own stuff, but that's primarily for YouTube and right. things like that. You know, I don't, uh, <clears throat> I got some sweet stuff this year, but as far as like it going on national TV or anything like that, I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't foresee right. that happening. <laughs> well you, you you never know i mean that's kind of i mean that's where i started that's where i started really i mean i was yeah. being filmed being filmed and doing some things with some other guys but really in the editing world i was just popping stuff up on youtube and then a group of guys out of missouri were like they sent me a message and said hey do you produce tv shows and and <laughs> i was like yes i do <laughs> and then i had to figure out how to produce a tv show Right. Uh, I mean, money, you're money damn talks right. Sometimes, especially when you're desperate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You bet. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you really, if, if really, there's, there's, you got to start somewhere, you know. And if you're not getting your work out there and creating your own work, then opportunities are are going to be rare to come by. Yeah, exactly. And my my wife just started a, a new job uh, where she's able to work from home. And, uh, it, cool. you know, it, it's, yeah, it works out really well for, for everything that I'm wanting to do too. Cause I'm, I have, uh, some of the, some of the beetles, you know, for European mounts and things like that. So I'm in the process of building that up as well. Cause <laughs> yeah, you know, you have to build up to have enough of those to even be able to clean the skulls. So <laughs> we're, uh, Right, we got a bunch of right. those going and everything, and that's that's pretty interesting stuff. So that's that's the kind of stuff oh, that I work man. on uh, at the moment. Cool. Um, yeah, YouTube and podcasts and 
I've gone video both. other people hunts and things like that. Oh, yeah. So. yeah. I've, I've gone both ways on my skulls. I've had them beetled um, by my taxidermist, and then I, I normally just boil them out myself. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you have a preference of which way it turns out better? I think – I think, you know, if someone is boiling them and, and is careful with a pressure washer, uh, I think you can do a really excellent job. I do. But for the, for the people that really like that nasal cavity and everything in there, um, unless you're super careful yeah. with the pressure washer, it's, it's kind of hard to keep that stuff in there. Yeah. I and have, that, that's I what have I've one noticed. Yeah. Yeah, I have one mule deer from Montana that I did that I boiled that that turned out perfect. I mean, it's it's got all the the nasal cavity, everything is is in there. The sinuses, like it it looks awesome. But every yeah. other one, I blow up or destroy. And then the other day, I had four heads in the the trough out there on my heater, just you know, perking away. And I got yeah. into an editing craze. And next thing <laughs> you know, three hours went by. I went out there and oh. I mean, I just boiled the crud out of them. So oh, no. There's, there's going to be some uh, – there might be some skull capping going on on a few of those, but I, I think I can salvage them, but um, they're pretty black around the base of the antlers. I've got to scrub that and stuff. So I'm like, you screwed up. Dang it. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. That's so funny that you bring that up because I think that's happened to me several times, you know. And I – and. I think that's kind of how editing goes. You know, every once in a while you really are forcing yourself to edit, but once you hit that, that spot where, you know, it's kind of, I'm in the mood to edit, you kind of just forget everything else and just go to town, you know? (laughs) Oh yeah. I even forget to go pee, you know? I mean, next thing you know, I'll wake up out of a trance and I'm like, wow, my stomach hurts. You know, I better get up and move. Yeah. I'm hungry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a fat guy. I can go all day without eating. There's not a problem. So, but it's, it's, it's happened to pee that gets me. Yeah, yeah. I, when the cramp, when you start cramping, you know you've been editing too long. Yeah, yeah, and and your coffee's empty too. <laughs> <laughs> Something. Yeah. yeah. That's a that's a big problem too. I forget to drink throughout the day. You know, I mean, I'll have this. I have a 32 ounce uh, Nalgene bottle sitting next to me all day long, and. I'll even forget to drink because I'm just when I when I get editing like I don't know what it is when I'm when I get in the flow and I, I rarely ever sit down and get to the point where I feel where I call myself in the zone and in the flow but when that happens I mean it's not I, I guarantee there'd be like six seven eight hours go by and I haven't even probably blinked you know but um it's a it's a bad position to get into you know, back when I was, was working a full-time job too, I, I would wake up at four in the morning and start editing. Cause I had to leave for work around five forty-five, five thirty. 30. And like you say, I just be getting to go and getting to go. And I'd look over and it's six 15. I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, I'm yeah. Yeah. and I'm in trouble. Yeah. 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 No, it was really cool. You've been able job. to, uh, yeah. What's that? It's cool you've been able to peel. It's cool you've been able to peel it off and and you know work into something that's that's paying off for you. You know, and and really though, what what I have to account for that is 
is my wife is extremely, extremely gifted. She, not only she's really knowledgeable, but she went to school and, and got several master's degrees and things like that. And, and now has a job that she truly loves, which, you know, that Mm -hmm. as, as you probably know, having a job job that you truly love, you know, working for somebody else is, is kind of rare. You know, I don't, I don't personally know very many people that have a nine to five job or whatever you want to call it that they truly love. And she does. And, uh, that's able to afford me the, you know, the, uh, the equipment and things like that so that I can go out and, you know, film the hunts and edit them. And we're, we're looking at a new computer Mm -hmm. right now because when I was just, when I was just editing 1080p, it was great. But, but, uh, the 4k man, it just wreaked havoc on this computer. (laughs) Do you now, are you, are you editing it in 4k or are you editing it in editing 4k footage in 1080 timeline? I think I'm editing it in 4K. Okay. But I, don't, I, honestly, I, don't, I still honestly, edit everything in 1080 know. timeline. <laughs> I've, I've been filming in 4K for, for four or five years. Yeah. Well, my thing is, is, is every delivery, I guess you can deliver to YouTube in 4K now, but um, yeah, I just, I just feel like there's just not quite the, the need for it yet. You know, even even Amazon, they're still not streaming in 4K. Everything's still 1080 um, for the most yeah. part. So, I I haven't had that felt that need to bump up to start editing all my 4K in 4K. I still crunch it down to 1080. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, honestly, but all, the, all the all the real professionals out there probably just cringed. So, <laughs> well, they can cringe again because I honestly don't know. <laughs> I import the videos and then I start editing. I don't know. (laughs) I I, I think it's a preference thing. Like like I say, my delivery to prime or to Amazon and prime and and that end of the networks, it's all still 1080. So um, I I have all of the raw in 4k, but it's, it's edited in 1080. So I do it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting. Well, it's obviously working. I mean, I, and I don't know, I think so many people watch so much on like a cell phone type screen and things like that nowadays. I don't, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, I don't, I don't think that the cell phone screens are even in yeah. anyways. Yeah. I don't, I, you know what? I don't, I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> I, when I watch, when I watch a film on YouTube that I know someone shot with a, like, like say a red camera or something, like you can tell the difference. You know, I mean, you can you can see when somebody's put some work into filming something right and editing it right and color correcting it and really making it awesome. You can you can definitely see the difference. But mm-hmm. can I feel the difference? And do I do I emotionally feel different watching that film versus watching one that somebody shot on a 1080 handy cam? Very rarely <laughs> do I notice that difference. I can notice it visually, but otherwise you, you lose me. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's, I, I couldn't agree more. I, when I just actually filmed a hunt, um, in Nebraska, uh, a waterfowl hunt and there was two videographers mm-hmm. there. I was one of them and another one, uh, a guy named Mike with Bear Ridge media, super nice guy. And he had a red there and nice. 
And, and I just was like, I, I break everything that I touch. And I was like, keep that thing as far away from me as you possibly can. <laughs> yeah. You know, he says, yeah, yeah the, the memory card alone was, was $1,800. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if, if I was a videographer and a, a producer and that's, that was what I was doing, I definitely would shoot a red, you know, and I would do, I would focus on, on the high end equipment, but where I have to hunt and film and do what I like, it just doesn't, it's not practical. I, I don't think. No. And that, I mean, that thing weighed a ton, honestly. And not only that, it's, it's yeah. different when, you know, when you get, when you're able to pick things up on the editing side, but when you approach a company and they say, well, we want you to have this kind of equipment to film for us. You're kind of, that's where you are, right. you know? <laughs> Yep. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I can see it. You know, that's, that's the, that's the day and age that we're in for sure. Yeah. Well, tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself and, and cause you know, you asked a couple of questions about me. Um, I know, yeah, I know that you value family and you have a couple of kids and things like that. Tell me a little bit about that. And, and yeah, yep. and we'll, how do you balance? I mean, you get to hunt a lot. And I just, you know, I hunt quite a bit, but I have visitation with my son and now, now not with my, my new son, mm -hmm. but I find it, I find it really pressing yeah. for me to give up my every other weekend, even if there's a hunt that I want to go on. I'm like, yeah, I guess I just won't go or he's going to come with, you know? So tell me a little bit about all that stuff. Right. No, I think, I think a person always has to balance around what's most important with hunting. And, but to some people hunting is what's most important. And that, if that's what works for them, that's great for me. That doesn't work for me. You know, my family's obviously the most important. I've got three young kids and, and where I'm at, today is different than where I was at 10 years ago or, or 20 years ago or, or where I, where I may be in 10 years from now. But, um, I probably don't hunt as much as what you might think. You know, I'll, I typically go on six to eight hunts a year. And when I say hunts, you know, when I, when I go on a hunt, every hunt that I go on is a destination hunt because where I live here in Reno, there's nothing, unless I draw a tag near home, everything is six, eight, 10 hours away or a plane right away. So every hunt that I go on, I consider kind of a destination hunt and it's not something that I'm going to be able to just go back and forth. So I'll plan right. six to nine trips a year. And that's, that's anywhere from, you know, five days to 15 days, depending on the trip. And so if you really look at it, yeah, I'm, I'm gone two months out of the year, you know, but you're only talking 60, 70 days is the only is, is probably on the high end of the amount of hunting that I do. And I, I, there's a lot of things that I like to do in life. I don't spend a lot of time shed hunting. I don't spend a lot of time trail, running trail cameras because it's not practical, you know, in, where I'm at. And I don't spend a lot of time hunting outside of when I'm hunting. Um, I like to, I like to produce and make TV and, and make videos. That's, that's what I do in, in the other part of my time. So, you know, I have a really hard time saying that, yeah, I, uh, that I hunt for a living because really, really I don't um I could I could make it that way if I wanted to but mm -hmm. it's not how I want to live my life yet you know or at this point yeah I, th I think that that says a lot about you um because like you say some some people out there which not judging them they're if they could hunt every single day of the year and and just do that they'd be okay oh, yeah. with that and I think that's great but 
um, I don't know. Yeah, you know, and there's a there's a lot that a person could do. I mean, when you're at home, there's 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 a season all year round. You could always be doing something, and and I think it's great that, that we have the ability to do that. You know, like you go out and chase chucker, you could go out and chase whatever. I mean, I went and chased a mountain lion for the first time a couple of weekends ago with my cousin, and that was fun. You know, but it's it's not something that I would just get obsessed over and go you know, spend every weekend doing. Um, yeah, so yeah. There's, there's a lot that people can do, so, which is great, but I don't feel like I have, I have the desire or the, the need to go out and do all those things all the time. Cause I, I feel very, very fulfilled with the amount of hunting that I do right now. Yeah. Yeah. Are your, uh, are your kids into any type of, you know, shooting or shooting sports or outdoors like, like you are? Yeah, Hudson loves to shoot guns for sure, which is ironic because I don't like to shoot guns much. <laughs> and so we go out and shoot occasionally. It's funny, before before he got into school, you know, like into junior high and stuff, he was with me a lot. And even before he got into elementary school, I was dragging him on hunts and up into the tree stand and on my four-wheeler all the time he was with me. Um, but then That's school wicked. just got kind of busy for the kid between baseball and everything. So. Yeah, um, yeah, he hasn't. He he's he's 14 now, and he hasn't. He drew a tag last year, but I think there was a baseball tournament or something that got in the way. And then I was in Alaska, and then back, and then back to Alaska, and back. And we had one weekend to go. Um, the area that he drew was about a six-hour drive from here, and um, we just kind of decided not to because all we had was a Saturday Sunday. And he just decided that, you know, and I, I kind of, it just wasn't, there's was a long ways to go for just two days and he wasn't, wasn't that down, you know? So yeah, it'll, yeah. it'll be interesting to see, see how much interest he has in it in the future. But I'm, I'm taking him on a hunt this year that, that is already scheduled. He's got to go that he's going to do. And um, if, if that doesn't, it'll either break him of, of never wanting to hunt. He'll either never want to hunt ever again, or he'll be hooked forever. Kind of an all in, all or nothing. Wicked. It, it, I, I mean, what uh, what are you guys going to hunt? Um, I'm going to keep that to myself. Okay, an hour that's between cool. Between me and that's him, fine. because if, if some if something comes up and it doesn't happen, then I'm going to feel like a dirtbag because it's pretty epic. So I, I think. Awesome. I mean, it's it's no, scheduled. That's cool. All we got to do is book the plane tickets, but um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a blast. Wicked cool. It's kind of funny that you, that you mentioned, you know, how hunting is not really, of, or shooting guns is not really of your interest. Cause my son, he likes to shoot bows. He loves to go hunting like you. He's, he went on his first elk hunt when he was two years old. I mean, and uh, we shot an elk. He was sitting on my shoulders when we shot this elk. I mean, it was crazy. And, but he likes, yeah. he loves all that stuff, but he likes fishing. And like you are with shooting guns, I'm oh. not big into fishing. <laughs> and I'm like, like, damn it. Yeah. Okay. I don't let him know that, but he <laughs> rubs it in. I'm going to be out there fishing and he'll catch something and he'll reel it in. He looks at me with this big old grin. And he goes, you don't ever catch anything, do you, dad? <laughs> like, man. That's right. <laughs> You're right, buddy. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for rubbing it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting the different things that they're interested in. You know, I, I would have never... I, I guess I just kind of always assumed that my, my son was, was going to be just super driven into it. But, you know, if I look back at my childhood, I, I was never just super driven to only be a hunter. You know, I, I wanted mm -hmm. to do anything outside, anything sports, anything 
related to being active and having fun. And um, I'm I'm proud of him for that. You know, proud of him for wanting to do a lot of different things and be be not afraid to try a lot of different things. Awesome. Yeah, I I agree. I uh, that's the same thing that I want. Uh, you know. Uh, the same thing I want for my boy and, I, and like you, I just, I want to be able to push and support them in whatever path they choose, you know? Yeah. But, yeah that's right. Yeah. So would you, you know, and I still, have, I still have big aspirations for my own hunting too. There's a lot of things that I want to do personally that, that, you know, as I, as I get more into position to be able to do certain things that those are the types of hunts that I want to go and do. Right, right. Would would that uh, would that sheep hunt kind of fall into something like that, where that was one of your big goals to do? Yeah, that was always a big goal, but that came before it was supposed to. You know, that was just a that was just a you know phone rings or you know or you get a message and it's like wow, there, there's the opportunity because that was just a, a college buddy of mine, a guy I went to college with that lived has lived in Alaska the last 15 years. He's an Idaho native as well. And he was that had been outfitting for another outfit and then had the opportunity to start his own, his own deal. And he did. And, and he asked me to be his first client. So, you know, the timing was right. Price was right. The, the person was right. You know, I get invitations to go on some guided hunts quite often. And, um, you know, for me, it's like, if I, if I want to go kill or go hunt a mountain goat or a dull sheep or a moose or whatever it is, like I want it to be the type of hunt and with it, the people that I want, you know, I, that's cause that's right. really kind of a once in a lifetime chance in, in yeah, reality yeah. for me. I mean, I'm not a rich, rich, I'm not wealthy. So it's, it's like, that was a perfect opportunity. I could go hunt with an old college buddy, you know, we could do each other a favor. I could do some, some booking and marketing for him and, and he could, he could do some price working for me and it worked out perfect. And in fact, I just got a message from him today. I, I asked him cause another friend of mine's interested in his hunt and he's like, man, I'm pretty well booked through 2021, you know? So, um, Jeez. it turns out, I think it worked out awesome for both of us. Yeah, that sounds like it. Well, I, you know, just looking at some of your pictures and everything, it looked like a really awesome adventure for sure. Yeah, I couldn't have, you know, I, I've watched a lot of sheep hunts and I've edited several that, that Remy has done and other people have done and, and it's amazing country. And I could have never visualized putting a hunt together back, back to back any better than the way my hunt turned out. You know, just everything was, was, in my opinion, and for me personally, just the way that we did the hunt, going living day to day on our backs, keeping everything on our backs at all times and just moving from one drainage to the next and, you know, seeing sheep and passing sheep and going to, to just see new country. Like it was, it was exactly what I wanted. I mean, it kicked my butt, but it was awesome. <laughs> you know, I think that you kind of bring up uh, a good point there. I think, you know, when you go, anyone goes to look into having a hunt of some type, uh, the importance of the hunt being the way you always imagined it and, and have wanted it to be for so long is a really important piece of how that hunt is going to turn out for you and, and the memories you're going to be making for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think on those, that level of hunts, I, I, 
I think the pressure of having that much money hanging out there is probably what would root it for me. You know, like if I had to come up with a $20,000 price tag for one of those dull sheep hunts, like then I'd feel like, man, I better, I better kill sheep or or I just wasted 20 grand, you know? And in, in this case, in this case, I didn't have that pressure hanging over me. It was, I'm going to Alaska to have an, an amazing adventure. And I, you know, yeah, I have stuff, I have money invested into it, but not, not anywhere close to where that was at. And so that, for me, I'm very, very grateful to Eric for, for giving me that opportunity because it enabled me to mentally have the type of adventure that I wanted physically. And, you know, if I killed a sheep, great. If not, I'm, I'm looking forward to a 14 day backpacking trip across Alaska, you know, and yeah. fortunately we, we killed a ram and, you know, with connected with some of his other clients and killed a few rams. Like it was awesome. Yeah. That's wicked. Cool. That's wicked. Cool. Uh, you you had mentioned something about uh, just a little bit about editing and how that, that hunt kind of came together as far as, is making it mm-hmm. great to edit. Uh, for editing for mm-hmm. solo hunter, cause you had mentioned editing Remy's hunts. Do you do all the editing for solo hunter? Yeah, up until, um, generally yes, but I, I, up until about two years ago. So two years ago, I contracted a, a good friend of mine here, Jason, um, Jason Charles Smith. He's got a, a production company here in Reno. He did, I think two or three episodes, two or three years ago for me. Cause I just got behind. Um, gotcha. Couldn't get them done. So we did a couple of those. And then this last season, season nine, I think he helped me out with three episodes on season okay. nine. And we even cut that season down from 13 episodes to nine, just because we were, I was just super busy with other things and, and um you know so so yeah he, he's been a great help for that and in the future i mean ideally in a perfect world i'd love to have the budget to be able to turn over a lot of a lot more of the editing um to someone else just to free my time up for business development and to to do you know i want to do a little more photography and just a little more travel type of, of hunts so but uh you know that's not the position that i'm at right now yeah, yeah, I can understand that for sure. With your, uh, when you, you said you want to get more into photography, uh, just sparked my interest as far as your photography and your filming. Um, I, obviously, when you go on your hunt, you have the equipment that you have, you know, but when you go out right, just right. to, you know, just to take pictures, uh, aside from, you know, yeah. audio type stuff, what, what do you have that's a little bit different? I don't take pictures. I, I run video. I'm, I'm a screenshot photographer is what I am. I, gotcha. I feel like I'm out there filming, filming my hunt. I run video. And then I would say with very, very little exception. I mean, sometimes I'll take photos, but it's, it's rare. I mean, I do, but nine, if I'm looking at my Instagram here, Okay, so the mountain lion I took with with a camera, you know, my DS, my my video camera, camera, but in camera mode. The dog I took with my iPhone. The slow motion of the mountain lion was with my iPhone. Um, everything else, okay, the sheep was with my camera. Screenshot, screenshot, screenshot. Everything's screenshot for the most part. Yeah. If I look at this, <laughs> and, and a photographer can look at these and say, yeah. 
they might be a cool photo and everything, but the quality is not there. That's obviously a screenshot, you know? So, and that's where I want to take it a little bit different is I want to start snapping some pics rather than just taking screenshots. But yeah. when you're by yourself, that's pretty damn hard. Oh, for sure. 100%. And so when you, when you start to focus on taking more photos, um, you know, let's, let's say that, you know, you you get your time out and you're able to go on an outdoor excursion for the weekend, focus purely on photography. Um, what, you know, yeah. are you going to be taking the same gear as your video stuff or are you going to take a little bit different gear? Well, yeah, because that's what I have, you know, I'm not, I, I, yeah, I, I own, I have two cameras, one of them's backup that I, you know, but I'm, yeah, I'm not going to go buy another camera because I shoot everything on a DSLR as it is now. So I, I use gotcha. the Panasonic, um, G I use the GH5. Um, okay. the, I guess the big, the big craze for photographers and videographers that are the DSLR, everybody's looking at the Sony a sevens and all that and everything. But from my standpoint as a self filmer, the a seven sucks. You know, you can't, you can't do certain things. And the GH5 and, and I have my backup camera as a GH4. Like to me, it's simple. I'm simple minded. All I, all I need to be able to do is mash a couple of buttons and do a few things. And the onboard controls of that camera are phenomenal. Um, so for me personally, it's like, I consider it to be my ideal camera. And I cool. think it takes awesome photos when I dump it into photo mode and uh, take pictures with the lenses that I've got, it takes some killer photos. So. Yeah, wicked. What uh, What do you think is but, probably? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say what that was you just know. A random butt dropped in there. <laughs> yeah, I do that all the time. I'm like, um, um, you know, what? Uh, what do you think is probably one of the most overlooked aspects of filming a hunt? hunting yeah I, I think when someone goes on i think when someone goes on a hunt with the intention to film the hunt um if they do a good job filming the hunt then they forget to hunt a lot of times you know and, and that's that's my yeah. case too in the case where i do a really good job filming and producing i forget to hunt you know and i, and I think when I when I watch films or or videos or episodes, which I don't watch a lot of TV at all, but I will I will watch you know people's stuff that they put up on on films, you know, because I'm interested in that at this point. Uh huh. But I think sometimes people people forget to just stink and hunt. You know, they're more interested in getting getting uh, setting things up for a shot. And, um, filling, and maybe, maybe that's not even the case. Maybe when they're out there hunting, they're really hunting and busting their butt and, and doing a, you know, doing a hunt. But what I see is a bunch of setup shots and, and different things, you know, and I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely lumping myself into this category. You know, we, we focus sometimes too much on making stuff look pretty than actually making it be fun. Gotcha. You know, or, or be, be what it is. Huh. That's, that's an interesting point of view. And, and it's, I would definitely lump myself into there. I've, I've self filmed, I don't know, six or seven hunts this year. And it was, it was kind of the same way, you know, whether I, I would get so caught up in the filming that, that 
I didn't realize it until like you were saying that though, but it's just like, man, yeah, he's, that's no kidding. There's every th- trying to get this shot or that shot or whatever. And it's like, man, just go hunt. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think it depends on what you're trying to get out of it on the back end, you know, what you're trying to, to accomplish with it. And we all have, I guess we all have our different platforms. I mean, and, and different deliveries and different reasons for what we're filming and why we're filming. And so as long as, as long as what your end goal, as, as long as you do what works for your, to achieve your end goal, that's perfect. You know, it's great. Mm-hmm. The guys that are, that are producing a film and they want it to feel like a film and look like a film and be a film, regardless of the outcome of any hunt or anything else, they need to film it like a film. And to film something like a film is a completely different to film something vlog style for YouTube, you know, right. and neither one of the, you know, I feel like the way I do things is kind of in, in the middle. I want it to look a little bit filmish. I want it to look a little bit vloggish just by the nature of that's how it is when you hold the camera by yourself. And then, I, but I want it to be a little bit entertaining too, you know? So it's, it's just how you, how you want to deliver it is how you've got to film it. And, and honestly, you know, I want to do things different sometimes. I'll finish a project and I'm like, man, that really was not what I intended, but it is what it is. Let's deliver it, you know, mm-hmm. try harder next time. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you get into, do you have any kind of, uh, I guess you've probably been doing it long enough. I guess back more when, more so when you started and maybe it still happens now, do you do you look back and be like, man, I really needed a couple of these kind of shots, or or this kind of shot would have been really handy? Does that still happen to you now, or yeah. do you kind of have a, a shot list that you take with yeah. you, or something like that? You know, I I, I kind of have a mental shot list. Um, gotcha. And that and and there's times when when I'll I'll like say I'll go I'll go on a hunt and and um I'll do some I'll do one thing really really good. You know, I'll come back home. I'll be like, man, I nailed that. I, I got so many awesome time lapses with motion and this and that. And it turned out really good. But I really forgot to talk to the camera. You know, I, I, I covered a lot of miles and a lot of country. I don't have any proof of that. There's no documentation of that. You know, I, I started out at my truck this morning. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm over the top of an elk. How did this happen? Well, dang it. I forgot to film how that happened. It just happened, you know. So there's, I feel like I always come away from a hunt on both sides of things, both on the filming producing side, as well as on the hunting side. And I look at it and I say, I did really good at this, but I really sucked at this. And at the end of the day, all I have is what I come home with. It's not going to go out there and recreate stuff and hike around just so that I have some really cool shots of me with my rack on the back. You know, <laughs> it is what it is. And that's what I'm going to create. And I have taken a rack, you know, after few weeks after and gone up on the mountain and taken photos you know that's just that's what we do in the business i've taken photos but i've never gone back and recreated video for the or film for the video or any of that kind of thing gotcha Um, i I like it to be just just exactly what it is yeah it's close to it absolutely absolutely yeah i uh but i want to be better dang it i just i just want to be better at what i do Yeah, no, I, I think that that insatiable drive that you have to be better, um, I, I think it comes out clearly in, in your seasons too. You know, I, like, I, like I mentioned, I, I've, watched, I've watched a lot of your episodes and uh, man, I tell you what, the ones that, yeah, and, and they've all been great, but 
just even now, you know, the music choice that you have and, and uh, the voiceover audio and the cutaways and everything like that, it's just, you, you, you got a gift for piecing it all together, Tim. You really do. Cause it, it's excellent. Uh, I appreciate it. Appreciate that. Yeah. No, I, and here's, here's something, you know, I guess it, on, on topic of that, that you can throw out to your listeners that I'd kind of be curious as some feedback. So here's a question for you guys. Is, you know, obviously I've been doing solo hunter now. This is our 10th. We filmed our 10th season, like season 10 will go to air this July on outdoor channel. And so we're, we're just now Remy and I just had a meeting yesterday, a lunch meeting, and we're, we're trying to structure and, and set things up for how we want to move on in the future. But the reality of it is too, is you look at a lot of the last, a lot of our seasons over the last two or three years, a lot of the hunts we go on are not solo just because of the nature of that's, that's how we've evolved. You know, you want to go with your brothers and your dad and, and your friends and everything. And so we're kind of at the point now where it's like, does, you know, how, what is the public or what is the viewer perception of, the show solo hunter or the brand solo hunter what is their perception now seeing that there is a lot of stuff that's not solo anymore and it and does it devalue it you know do you, would you rather see just only solo stuff or does that really even matter at this point yeah i think that's that's a great question uh, guys everybody out there listening uh <laughs> let's send some <laughs> feedback you know? fe- I, I know it's going to be all across the board yeah yeah, well, I, I always, I, I personally, I like the mix. Um, I do feel watching you and Remy throughout, you know, all the seasons, I feel like we almost get like a, a bond built with the two of you. So having the shows where your brother's there and everything like that, they're awesome, uh, especially when you're there too. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I know you. I know what to expect. I like your jokes. I like the way you are. That's why I keep watching, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And and then having Boyd thrown in there as well is awesome because your guys' banter is great and everything like that. Now, I'm not saying mm-hmm. I like watching good hunting clips. I mean, <laughs> if it was just Boyd, I'd still watch that too. Um, right, But, right. you know, having you there, it 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 almost, I don't know. I already know that I'm going to like what you produce and I think, and, and like having you, what you hunt and maybe, maybe in my subconscious having you in there, it's like, Oh, I know I'm going to like this because Tim's in it. Right. Right. I think where, I think where the, the confusion comes is maybe a new viewer coming in or a new, new follower. And, and a lot of this stems from comments that I get on Amazon or on YouTube and people right. are like, well, this, I, this isn't solo. What's solo about three guys, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and so I, I can understand that. And, you know, we obviously want to take the show to, to higher levels, you know, to, to bigger and better things. And, and that's kind of, that's the hurdle that I feel like I'm up against right now is, is like, you know, for, for solo hunter as solo hunter to really hit the next stage, it, it almost has to be all solo hunts, you know, or something along those lines. And from a reality standpoint, that's, it's damn near impossible to pull off. You know, it's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that, that's actually when we were talking about your kids hunting, uh, that was something that I was going to mention is, you know, the, the step that solar hunter solo hunter will take when, you know, if your son decides he wants to be part of it, Yeah. 
you know, like, yeah, that should be wicked. He, you know, that'd be an awesome thing he, for as a dad. Like, hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would, it would, you know, I mean, yeah. Um, and in, in a lot of ways, I like, I want to keep all my, keep my kids private. You know, it's like, like yep, I don't, yep. I don't splash my wife across social media a lot because she's special to me, you know, and I, she's a beautiful woman and I know how men look at women. And so I, I kind of am in the same way with my kids. Like I, I don't, I want them out there, you know, but I don't at the same way. Right. And it's, it's kind of a tough line. I, I feel like, I feel like I'm not that big of a figure that it really matters at this point. But if I, you know, was a bigger figure, there's no way in hell I'd throw my family out there ever, you right. know, at all as far as faces or any of that kind of thing. But it's, it's always just kind of makes me nervous. But as far as Hudson coming into the solo hunter role, that's, there's all these questions that I just don't know. You know, I'm, I'm still pretty young, pretty vibrant and, and have a lot of things that I want to do. I think the, where it comes into is, is, you look at a, a lot of the hunts that I had last year and the year before. I mean, I hunted with Remy for the first time in 10 years last year, first time in eight years, I guess it was last this year. I hunted with my good buddy Riley, you know, this year I hunted with my brother this year. I hunted with Eric up in Alaska this year. I hunted with Austin up in Alaska. Like I hunted with really good friends this year and had just an amazing season, but it wasn't solo, you know, not everything was solo. And so that's, that's where I'm at. I'm a, personal standpoint is i love solo hunter and i love the brand that i've built and the the series that the remy and i have created with it um i'm just trying to figure out how to make it sustainable for the position i'm at in life yeah you know absolutely absolutely because i i understand you know i i have i would assume similar drives to you when it's like hey i'm going on this hunt this one's mine i'm gonna go out there and it's it's mono yeah. mono, you know, but then you also have, like yeah, you said, you yeah. get to go with Boyd or like, I, I love going hunting with my dad and things like that, you know? Right. Right. Yeah, no, I, it's, so it's, that's, I guess that's where we're at. We're trying to figure that stuff out because there's plenty of solo hunts that continue to go on, but there's a lot of hunts that are not, you know, and, and so yeah. we'll see how it all, all pans out. I, you know, one thing's for sure. I'll still be cranking out my films and, and videos, no matter what I do in the, the series and, and, um, you know, keep growing the, the business. Wicked. Yeah, for sure. Well, I hope so. Cause I, I think we all enjoy it. So <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, all three, and, of you, all three of you love it. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. My ass, three of us. <laughs> um, no, and I think so, there's a lot of really good stuff out there. Yeah. Well, I do. I do a lot of, of solo hunting, you know, true to what, what you and Remy are doing. I mean, you know, I back back in, I stay for however long I have, you know, and then I come back out. Right. So I, I, it's nice to, it's nice to watch your guys' stuff and, and like resonate, you know, with, with the struggles of being out right. there by yourself and, and, you know, the struggles of, not having anyone to talk with. So taking, you know, like I, I take an in reach so that I can, you know, talk to my wife and let her know that everything's good and stuff like that. So it's nice to have someone to resonate yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that to me, that's what, uh, you know, all the feedback that I've gotten over the years, that's the biggest compliment is the relatability factor. You know, the, Hey, I've done that too. You know, I, you know, that that looked exactly like my trip last year and and um 
you know, it's, it's nice to see not a bunch of guided hunts and, you know, not a bunch of private land hunts, although we do occasionally, you know, it's just, it's nice to see just, just pure hunting, you know, just, just some good hunting success or not. And that's, those are some <laughs> of the best compliments that I, that I get. Yeah. Wicked. Oh, well, I, I think, you know, I think you earned it for sure. Um, speaking of hunting, working on earning it. Uh, hey, you're working harder every day, you know, you're getting there. <laughs> right. Right. But, it, but if you actually do get there, you know, you probably, you probably aren't still I working. Know, I'm, <laughs> I, it's, it's funny. I'm a, I'm a very contradictory person. You know, anybody that knows me well knows that I'm, that I'm black, I'm black and white, but both black and white at the same time. Like I'm very, very contra- contradictory of myself. So I've never satisfied with where I'm at and, and I feel like, and I'm always driven to be better, but at the same time, I'm, I also can get very complacent and be like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's pretty good. So I, I kind of am all over, all over the place uh, at any given time. But right now, I mean, I always want to be better and I always want to, to try new things and but i'm also very very conscious of knowing that what's when when something is working it's working for a reason you know and and keep consistent with that yeah yeah you can't fix what not what's not broken right 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 well cool wicked cool so as far as your, as you know, as far as your hunting situations go, um, what what kind of hunting situation is the most uncomfortable for you? You know, like the kind that makes your skin crawl. <laughs> uh, you you want the truth, or do you want the hunting intellectual answer? I want the, no, the truth, the, man. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the truth is, you know, the only thing that ever makes my skin crawl or, you know, is another truck at the trailhead, you know, or looking, looking down the ridge and seeing another group, another group of guys on horses coming up behind you, something like that. Like any, that to me, like it makes me cringe. It doesn't, doesn't make me cringe in like a bad way, but like, that's the only thing that really just makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck is, Oh, yeah. there's other people up here. I don't have the mountain all to myself or dang, I, I need to put my camera in my backpack. Cause you know, that's the last thing I want is, is either a confrontation or somebody to know, recognize and know who I am. You know, I just, when I'm out hunting, I truly like the solitary so much that I'll go out of my way. I'll go to worse areas just so that I can be by myself, you know, or yeah. I'll, I'll go over to the back backside of a mountain just so I can be by myself. So honestly, that's, that's what, that's what makes me, uh, I, I don't know if cringe is the right word, but that's, that's what alters my, my situation more than anything is seeing someone else. Oh yeah, for sure. I, <laughs> We, that, that's interesting. It brings up a couple of stories, but one of them way I was, it was actually right. It was the same day I did the podcast with Remy and I said, well, I'll, I'll uh, talk to you later. We're going to go scout this place. And my buddy and I drive up this road where we had done a little bit of research, you know, and we're going to go scout for a hike country mule deer and we get out of the vehicle and, you know, pulling up there and there was, I don't know, 10 or 15 other vehicles. And we're thinking, Oh shit, (laughs) maybe not where we wanted to be. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I've been, so I've got a couple examples from this, actually this last hunting season, you know, that are two kind of polar opposite. Um, and they're both on the same hunt, ironically. So I, I hunt this spot for elk where I've hunted ever since I was a kid. And I've, I pretty much, you know, when you grow up in, in a local area, the locals have their spots. Like that's Brett's Mountain. That's where Tim goes. That's where Bruce and Trent go. You know, nobody, right. nobody really, for the most part, screws around with, with their, anybody's spot. But when you screw up and put it on national television and somebody recognizes the mountain, and then, then you've kind of screwed yourself out of your spot. So I'm up there. <laughs> climbing up you know there's the ridge and, and i look over and there's five guys on horses and i'm like dang what the heck are those guys doing up here nobody ever comes back here and so the the thought was well i i know that if i go around this back side of this ridge and get up on top i can pop over the top and they'll see me up on top and then turn around so i did i busted balls and i got up there right up over the top just as they're like i don't know a quarter of a mile down coming up the road and they they saw me up there and and they just kept coming. I'm like, dang, son of God. Well, I know that country like really, really well. So I dropped back off of another, off the ridge, hauled butt over to another ridge, clear on the other side, took off my coat, changed my shirt, you know, so I looked like a different person, popped up on the ridge so they could see me up there. Cause I thought, wow, they see there's two guys up here. Maybe they'll turn around. No, they just kept coming. So I'm like, suckers, man. So I went to the next really deep, you know, cause I, the direction they're headed, they're getting up on top and they're going to follow the road back into this pocket where the elk like to hang out. So I got, I just ran across this, this flat and it's, it's a mile of just sagebrush. And I ran across there, got clear over there, you know, so that, they, and sure enough, they pop over and see me up there on the ridge. They still kept coming. I'm like, gotta be kidding. So that was the case where, you know, I wanted to make myself known and look like I kind of owned the mountain. Cause I do, you know, just everybody out there knows I own that mountain and make my presence known. And they just kept coming and ended up killing an elk that afternoon anyway. And I was like, Damn, that stinks. well, two days later, same thing. I, I was driving up there with my truck and there's two guys parked at the bottom in their truck. and looking like they were going to go up my Canyon. And uh, I knew that, they were headed up from one angle. They were headed up from the lower angle and I was coming across from the upper angle. And I thought the thought hit me, you know, if I just fly across this, this road here, I can get to the mouth of the Canyon before they do and then get up there and get up on the mountain before them. And then, and then it kind of hit me. It's like, that's kind of a dick move. You better not do that. You know, that's, that's tricky. So I ended up driving down to where they were parked and I was like, yeah, you guys need any help, you know, kind of, kind of, just feeling them out a little bit and they're like yeah we're trying to get back up in this mountain here we we had a friend that, that said that there's some elk back here blah 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 and i the one guy was kind of looking at me a little weird and, and i thought okay i'm gonna i'm gonna play this out a little bit because my truck's unmarked nobody knows who the hell i am you know uh-huh and i'm not wearing a solo hunter hat whatever <clears throat> i'm like oh you know if you if you guys really want to know how to hunt this area i can show you how to get up in there so you don't screw up you know, so that we can work together and hunt this. And anyway, the way it worked out, I ended up driving up in there and, and showed them where to park and hiking in there with them and just got to know them and uh, spent time with them. And once we got up on top, then it kind of came out. Oh, hey, you're, you're Tim Burnett, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, and, and we actually kind of created this little bit of this bond, you know, and I showed them mm -hmm. where to camp and they set up their camp and, and, uh, and, I said, well, what about water? 
I'm like, well, we'll probably find water up on top. I'm like, no, nah, there's no water up on top. All the water's in the valley floor. You know, there's no water up here, which they didn't plan for. So um, the way I hunted is I hike in every day, and they were going to camp up in there. So I said, no problem. We'll hunt today, and then I'll just bring you guys in, you know, a few gallons of water tomorrow. They're like, oh, you don't have to do that. But, like, I guess the, more, the, the story is, is, like, I took the time to actually meet these guys, get to know them. And I feel like we created a friendship and kind of a bond. You know, we spent a couple of days up there and, and I packed in a bunch of water for them. And, and um, you know, the one guy killed a nice six point bull elk right, right up in there. And, and I hunted for two weeks straight and didn't kill an elk. And yet um, I still felt like it was a successful hunt. So those are, those I guess are two, two different instances of, of how I, the experiences that I have, I guess, of why, why I don't like to run into people. But then again, it's, it's, still can be a good thing i suppose yeah absolutely i (laughs) that kind of happened to us this year while i was filming um we pulled over and we were uh uh filming uh, a mountain uh mountain sheep hunt we had a uh, the guy had a u-tag in colorado and there's not very many u-tags given out and we're going along there and there's these dudes glassing and I'm like, man, that one guy looks familiar. Mm-hmm. So we just pull over and start talking to him. And they're looking at Chris, who's, you know, the co-host of Pure Hunting. <laughs> and the one guy that's oh, a real yeah. tall guy. And he's just st- like staring at him intently. And I'm just trying not to laugh. You know, I'm thinking it's, he, he's going to ask here eventually. You know, he can't just keep staring at Chris like this. <laughs> you know, he's got to just nut yeah. up and, and ask him. <laughs> Finally, the guy goes, man, yeah, yeah. I, I have seen you before. And this is about the fourth time he said this. I have seen you before somewhere. Like, And he finally goes, are you on a TV show or something? <laughs> and Chris uh, is like, oh, yeah. well, yeah, I'm on pure hunting and blah, 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 blah. But uh, and the reason I shared that is because it, it kind of equated to what, what your experience was. You know, we just rather than – Rather than, you know, doing what your first thought was, you know, let's go beat them to the top of the mountain and I'll go hunt. We kind of became friends together and then yeah. we got their numbers and we're like, hey, have you guys been seeing sheep? And it ended up working out in our favor, helping each other out, you know. And, you know, yeah. you can run into the assholes up there. Absolutely. They're, they're there everywhere. And I've, I've had the thoughts myself where I'm like, man, I could probably beat this person up to the top of the hill, <laughs> you know, but. Yeah, surprise! Yeah. It it can work out in your favor to to go talk to them too. Yeah, yeah, you know, I would say overwhelmingly the, the, the guys that I run into on the mountain, whether they recognize me or not, are awesome. You know, I mean, I've never right. I've never had in the last I would say six or eight years I've never had a negative encounter. Um, I have had in the past, but in the last quite a while, it's been pretty good. That's awesome. But yeah, I'm that's... Also, I also only hunt during the week too. So, Right. Right. Well, I did too. You know, you, you walk back in somewhere a couple miles, the chances of that person you run into being fairly like-minded are probably pretty good, especially if it's a real pain right. in the ass to get right. in there. <laughs> and there's a lot of, there's a lot of hard hunters out there these days. It, it, it wasn't always the case, but guys are working hard these days. It's, it's pretty cool to see yeah yeah what do you do you think that you know podcasts and tv shows like your guys's and stuff like that are kind of what's 
what's giving people the desire to work harder or what do you think it is? Um, you know, I think it's probably anything, you know, I, I think media is more available now in the last two or three years than it's ever been. And I think that attributes a lot to it is, is both. I think people are seeing it a lot more as well as they're seeing reg, regular people doing it a lot more. And it becomes, I think people now have more of a reason to do it because now they've got Instagram where they can share it with their friends and family a lot more readily. So a lot of that I think has driven more people out into the, into the wilderness, you know, and to, to do more things and, and, and to share more things. And I, I think that's a good thing. Um, so it, it's probably a combination of everything between podcast, TV, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all the platforms. I think it just in a nutshell, it's, it's all the media that's being delivered and, and as well as the opportunity for a person to share their experiences and get, um, get feedback. That's, that's what's driving it is people like feedback. They like to get pats on the back. You know, they like, they like to have approval from friends and family and they like to share. And that's, what's really cool about a lot of these platforms. I haven't always been a big fan of, of everything that goes on on all the platforms, but the reality of it is, is, is they've been great for me. They've been great for, for others and, and they're here to stay. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree the same thing. You know, now rather than, you know, at the rather than texting everybody your picture or whatever else, which right, right. a lot of people do, but man, a click of the button and most of the people I, are going to have Instagram, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, just, I, I saw a meme somewhere. I think it was on Instagram. It might have been on Facebook. But it said, how do you, how do you two know each other? It's like, oh, we went to the Gram together. You know, <laughs> or whatever. Usually it's like, oh, we went to high school together. We went to college together. It's not, we went to the, we went to the Gram together. Yeah. So you yeah. know so many people just, just digitally that uh, and people seem to get to know you too digitally. It's kind of, it's kind of funny. It it's is. Neat, you know, I mean, crazy. it's, it's frustrating frustrating and cool all at the same time i'm generally outside of, of what i've done with solo hunter i'm a pretty dang private individual you know and so for me to to share a lot of things i put a lot of a thought into it you know and i put a lot of value into it so when i post a picture of me pulling my daughter on the sled like i value that extremely highly and so to, for me to share that you know i i expect people to appreciate it yeah, it's 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 ironic that you you uh, mentioned that video. I just saw that come through my uh, my feed or whatever today, <laughs> and it oh, reminded yeah. me because I do that I do that exact same thing with my boy. As you know, yeah, I don't know. He's getting pretty big now. I don't know. I'm not a very big guy. Yeah, I used to. <laughs> yeah. I used to jump on the trampoline with them on my backs, but now so my little baby, she's the only one I can do that with. The other two are way too big, you know? Right. <laughs> but that was, that was my secret workout was have my son on my back while we're jumping on the trampoline. And, and uh, when you've got 40 to 60 pounds on there jumping, that's, that's pretty daggum good workout. But now you got a hundred pounds on your back. It's not as easy. Yeah. It's not, it's not really a workout. It's like, let me break my knees now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've already had one knee surgery, Tim. I don't need another. <laughs> uh, I don't envy that at all. I've had I've had a back surgery. That's it. And, and yeah, I probably could have avoided that with with 
better treatment. But yeah, injuries, that's that's another thing you got that's that's always scary. So you always have to be careful of those. Right. What uh what did you have done to your back? I just had a discectomy, so I had a, a ruptured disc actually, um from gotcha. playing basketball. Took a mm. took a pretty hard fall playing ball on it. It took its toll for several years of my life. You know, I just kind of ignored it and let myself get fat and out of shape. And I didn't do much. And ironically, right about the time that Solo Hunter started to take off, I, was, I had enough. So in 2009, I had my back surgery. And in 2010 was when the Solo Hunter started this on TV. So kind of that same time frame. And I've gotcha. been fat and out of shape ever since. <laughs> you and me both <laughs> i look outside and i'm like oh it looks like a nice day and then the wind starts blowing literally 60 miles an hour and i'm like ah how badly do i want to go hike <laughs> yeah i think for me it's a little different like i want to go hike and then it's uh so-and-so hudson is homesick from school today can you take the girls to school or can you pick up the girls at lunch or the phone rings hey i'm in town do you want to go get lunch or uh, you know, just all those things or somebody's schedule changes. Now Gracie's doing volleyball. So you, you, you know, can you take her to volleyball every night at five o'clock? It's just, just all those things. Like I used to have a regimen when, when schedules were good that, you know, at this time o'clock, this, this time of day, I would go do this. It's really in a, in a really good schedule. But as the kids get older, that changes all the time. I mean, yeah. last, last year at this time, I was going to the gym every morning at 7:30. I'd drop my kid off at school and I'd go to the gym. Like it was, it was amazing. Well, now guess what? He starts school a little earlier. The girls start school a little earlier, and um, you know, so it just blew that all all the hell. Unless I, unless I didn't want to spend time with them in the morning, or or didn't need to spend time with them in the morning, I could still do it. But um, it's more of a need and a priority for me to spend time with them in the morning. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mentioned, you know, my son I have visitation with, um, you know, he'd come for sometimes during the week when I would be going to the gym or whatever. And I, in the gym I was at bags, it's like a town of 300 people. I mean, it's tiny. So the gym was yeah. in the school. So he'd come hang out and play or whatever, but I still felt like crap. You know, I'm like, man, I'm betting he's probably not yeah. overly enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so uh, that there, there went the gym routine. Or, <laughs> yeah, and then, and then you know, I, I'm I'm a, actually a pretty responsible adult, so I have I do work throughout the day, and I try to structure, you know, make my schedule so that I'm literally working between nine and five. I'm actually doing a doing my job, and um, so I I feel I feel like I can't take personal time between nine and nine and five. Like that's my job time. Uh, and so I, I just don't even think about scheduling gym time during then. It's, it's gotta be before that or after that. Gotcha. No, that, that makes perfect time. sense. I, yeah. I mean, you're running a business. You can't, you can't treat it like a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you could try. I, 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 probably, I probably, you know what? I probably should treat it a little bit more like a hobby and uh, do other things a little bit more like a business and I'd have a better balance. But no, I, I honestly, I, I feel pretty, pretty good about the way I are very fortunate about the way I've been able to do things. And, and um, you know, aside from just wanting to be, to be better and do bigger and better things, I, I think I've got it pretty well, pretty well dialed. That's wicked. 
That's wicked. A lot of people struggle with that, so that's wicked. Last well, thing, it could you all know, change tomorrow, you know? All it takes right? is somebody to flip the switch. YouTube, gone. Amazon, gone. Outdoor Channel, gone. Oh. Instagram, gone. You know? All it takes is one switch to flip, and we're all in a headspin. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, Tim, I, I've really enjoyed our conversation, and I just kind of want to close it up with <clears throat> with hearing one of your hunt stories that was the most rewarding for you. You know, if that's the most memorable, that's that's cool too. But I think I think a hunt being rewarding is very very different for each individual. Um, so I'm just kind of right. curious to hear maybe a, a hunt that was extremely rewarding to you and what about that hunt was was so rewarding yeah no I, I think i gotta go all the way back to to age 13 um i think no i think i was 14 actually because this was my second or third deer that i shot i think this is my third deer so i was i must have been 15 actually um because I was driving. That's right. I had to have been 15. So <laughs> the, the, the reason, the reason why, you know, this hunt, I don't know, it wasn't even a hunt. It was, it was more just driving up the hill one evening after football practice or something, killing a deer and, and bring it home. And, and it was like, where, you know, I drove a Volkswagen rabbit and I, it, it, for those of you that know the, the a front wheel drive vehicle, if you turn it around and reverse, suckers will climb, you know, cause they're light, but you get, you know, all of a sudden now you've got a rear wheel drive. Well, I took my Volkswagen rabbit. I'm all by myself. I back up this hill to get up to this spot where I can hike. And then I just start hiking and, uh, and hunting. And this is, I'm hunting for mule deer behind my house where I grew up with a rifle. And to that point I had shot a doe and a spike buck. And in all of the hunting that I had done in the three years, I hadn't seen a single antlered buck. You know, I, I like, I had seen bucks before occasionally in the fields behind the house, but while I was hunting, I hadn't seen a single buck. And so as I'm Dang. getting back there and I crested over this saddle and I looked over there and there was a buck, a real live <laughs> big buck. It was a three by three, you know, and I thought, holy smokes, I found a buck, you know, yeah. and I shoot the thing. And he goes off into the trees and, and dies. And, I, and I'm just thinking, this is amazing. I just came up here all by myself. I found a buck and I killed it. And then I was like, I'm about three miles from the car. Okay. <laughs> well, at that point, kid, kids don't have backpacks. We, I had a pocket knife, luckily, but I didn't have a backpack. All I had was water in the, in the I was wearing my army pants. So I had a water bottle stuffed in the leg of my, my army pants. And my pocket knife and the other thing, and my gun, you know, slung on my shoulder. So you do what every teenager should have to do for their first buck, real blind buck. You drag it, right? So I, I drug this deer by his hind legs three miles to my car. And by the time I got it there, it didn't, it was probably half bald, didn't have any hair, you know, and it's just, just getting dark, but I did it you know, and to me, it was like, that was so satisfying. I did everything wrong, pretty much. You know, I was there by myself as a kid. I shot this buck farther back than I probably should have. I didn't know how, have the knowledge of how to break it down or anything. I'm pretty sure I gutted it. Yeah, I had to have gutted it. But then I drug it for three miles flat to my car. Had I 
known, I could have drug it right down the bottom of that canyon and then gone around and drove my car up to it. So I probably would have had like a 200 yard drag and drove, driven my car right to it if I would have <laughs> known the area, you know. But it's like all, that to me is like the most memorable because it was the most just for one, it was like I felt so epic because I finally killed a big buck, you know. Yeah, and for, yeah. for two, it was like, I did it all 100% on my own, and it was so dang hard to drag that deer. Like, that was the hardest thing I've ever done. And I just have to laugh laugh at it because every year I go by that exact same little patch of, of mahogany where I shot that buck, and I think, man, that was funny. I can't believe I did that, you know? And so I have that memory every time I go back there. So that's, that's oh. my most memorable hunt, I would say. That's Most impactful. Yeah, yeah. Well, I – you know, dragging a deer a couple hundred yards is is hard, let alone three miles. Holy hell! <laughs> for 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 at least drag it by its head, so you're going with the grain of the hair. You know, uh, <laughs> I think every kid should experience something like that, just so they know how hard it can be. But now, kids, we our kids have got it easy. We, our dads will take them up on the hill, smack a deer quarter it clean it got it pack it in the backpack and pack it off the mountain for him but i i think i think i'm gonna make hudson drag his first one yeah yeah i i think that's that's completely fair <laughs> i have no problem with making my i was just like here there's a deer over there i'll see yeah. you when you get back to the truck <laughs> yeah yeah oh man i had well, to laugh i have some friends, that. friends here in town that are adults and I have some friends that are adults and they, they went on their first hunt a couple of years ago and, and none of them had killed a deer and they shot this deer. And they're like, they told me that they're like pulling up their phones, watching YouTube videos, how to gut the thing while they're out there. And it's just, it's just kind of funny. Yeah, no, I think, but, and I, I think that's something that I probably, I don't know. I can't speak for other people, but I think that's probably something that I've taken for, you know, taken for granted. You know, I was going hunting with my dad yeah. I rode in the panniards up to the top of the mountain to pack the elk out when I was two or three, <laughs> you know, so yeah, awesome. <laughs> bobbing along in the panniards. So, Oh, Hey, this needs to be gutted. That was always just second nature, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I grew up on a farm. I mean, we were, I knew how to process a pig from the eight, from age four or five, you know I mean? That <laughs> right. was just part of life. Exactly. You, you knew how things came apart. But. Yep. Yep, this is where bacon comes from, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. My my little girl I made stew yesterday and she's like, Daddy, what meat is this? I'm like, It's ham. Is ham pig? I'm like, Yes, baby, ham's pig. <laughs> Ew. You know, I need a pig. You know. And she's dipping a roll into it. But. <laughs> right, right. Oh shoot. Well, I appreciate it a bunch. You, you know, taking your, the whole almost hour and a half out of your day and coming on the podcast with me, it means a lot to me. And I know my listeners are going to enjoy our, our relaxed conversations. Oh. Thanks a bunch. Oh, you bet. No, I felt bad for putting you off last year. You know, things just got busy and I know oh. we tried to connect with so them. Glad we were able to do it. And I hope, hope it works out really good for you. Oh no, I I just I I can say I just enjoy having conversations with people and I like them a lot better when they're more conversational style like this one was and it was just a lot of fun to get to know you honestly because that's that's kind of what I got out of the podcast. I mean, I got some other stuff obviously, but getting to know you was nice. Yeah. In my experience, my the favorite podcasts that I listen to are not the hunting intellectuals, they're not the informationals. It's the it's just pure pure 
conversation. That's what I personally enjoy um, for, for myself. I know other people are different. Everybody has different mm-hmm. things, and that's why it's great that there's a lot of different types of, of podcasts out there. You know, mine mine included. That I gotta I gotta get on the stick and get rolling again. Right, right. Well, thanks again, man. I I appreciate it a bunch. You bet. Nope. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning into the show. It means a lot to us. But seriously, though, I really appreciate your ear. And it would mean the world to me if you would rate our podcast. If you didn't like it, one star it. But if you did, a five is even better. Don't forget to comment, like, share, and hit that subscribe button. Thanks again for tuning into the show. Some other podcasts that you should definitely check out are... Eastman Elevated with Brian Barney. And Hunt Harvest Health with Ryan and Hillary Lampers. And a special thanks to... Maven Optics, Six Sight Gear, Dark Energy Tech, Shield Mountain Outdoors, The Outdoor Insiders, Iron Mind Hunting, Valkyrie Archery, and Gannett Ridge Sporting Equipment.